This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. We are five days away from Christmas as of recording. Uh, also five days away from World Juniors, so you know I can't can't really be much better. How about you? I am doing great. Very excited about today's show. Very excited for hockey to come back. And speaking of hockey coming back, we're going to be talking about the NHL and uh, a tentative schedule that they have set in place that I'm very excited to get to as well. But uh, hey, a snowstorm is supposed to be coming. And we've talked about it before. We need snow on Christmas. So I would absolutely love for a snowstorm to set in on Thursday night and give us a nice snowy Christmas. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite fun. Not going to lie. You know, regardless if I'm even really doing anything Christmas day other than being with my family, it just makes me feel so much better looking outside and seeing zero green on the ground at all. I don't want to see any grass. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Well, we got a lot of topics to cover. Um, Obviously, we're going to be looking at that NHL tentative schedule Then we're going to be talking about Henrik Lundqvist, one of my favorite goalies of all time, Uh, an unfortunate uh, happening with him. We'll talk about that after the tentative schedule. Then we'll go to a quick commercial break. And then on our way back, we will be talking about World Juniors, our whole World Junior preview with predictions uh, and a lot of great stuff. So let's start off with the NHL tentative schedule, Chase. January 13th is the starting date. Uh, there's some questions right now with Canada um, and, you know, their government. But I, I'm just excited. NHL hockey should be back. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited too. Uh, you know the the issue with the government is they're saying, uh, yeah, we you know we don't want these gatherings. We we don't want pro sports to play. So they right now figuring out maybe they can do a hub city. They might have to play in the U.S. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen if they have to play in the U.S. or play in the hub city? I know a lot of Canadian players Canadian players are not gonna be happy about that. They want to be able to play in their hometowns. They don't want to be away for literally you know six to eight months. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, it's it's seeming a little more real every day but at the same time the planning is so short notice um it, it, it feels very possible that something gets pushed back or postponed a little bit so hopefully that doesn't happen but really we got the next week or two to kind of see how things start ironing out yeah absolutely and i can i can get canada's concern with you know the the whole playing pro sports thing and you're not going to be in a bubble but to me when you have teams that are in a bubble and they're playing pro sports and then saying you don't want teams to play pro sports unless they're in a bubble. I mean, I don't know. It it, it, it kind of seems a little weird. Either you play pro sports or you don't. At least that's that's how I see it. But yeah, yep. But Chase, let's uh, hop into this tentative schedule here. Uh, December twenty eighth, three days after Christmas, the waiver period begins. December thirty first, Christmas or uh, New Year's Eve, excuse me. Uh, non playoff teams begin training camp. January third, training camp begins for all teams, and then January thirteenth would be that season start date. This is a fifty six game season, uh, so pretty excited for that. February 1st, teams can begin requesting players to waive their no-move clause for expansion draft purposes. So, again, this is going to be a very exciting offseason after this 
upcoming shortened season because we do have Seattle coming into the league. Very excited about that. Then April 12th, we get the trade deadline. That should be one of the crazier trade deadlines we've seen in a while. At least we hope because obviously the expansion draft coming, you don't want to give up players for free. May 8th, the season will end. The playoffs will begin three days later. The playoffs will end by July 15th, 24 hours after the playoff ends. A buyout period begins. And then July 21st is that expansion draft with July 23rd through the 24th is the rookie entry draft. And then July 28th, the free agency begins. So, Chase, a a packed schedule that, yes, has not been... um, you know, we really haven't known much about it until now. The whole planning period has been really short. But if we can get this done, this looks awesome. Yeah, it does. You know, we got a lot of uh, events here planned in the next seven months between the NHL season and then all those extracurriculars, as you mentioned. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually get it all done or get it all fit in, I guess, um, is, is the way to say it. It's, you know, the, the NHL is not necessarily the most... Uh, reliable league, I guess I want to say in terms of, um, you know, and when facing adversity with having to change dates and stuff and having to get it figured out perfectly, you know, there's always a lot of mess. There's always issues with the NHLPA compared to the NHL because the NHL is trying to do something the players don't want to do. So hopefully, uh, you know, this schedule schedule can stay kind of how it is. Uh, hopefully they don't have to change up too much because a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, if this were to happen, this type of schedule, it shouldn't really push off to start in the following season, not this one coming up. Um, so if, if that could happen and that NHL could get back to their normal just September through, you know, kind of June or October through June, really schedule, that'd be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, I saw a rumor on Twitter. Um, I think it was I thought it was a checkmarked source. I could be wrong, uh, but I thought I saw something about. Gary Bettman and the NHL trying to purchase um, like one of the vaccines, one of the COVID vaccines for every single player that was going to participate in the NHL this year. Did you see that at all or, or am I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did see that. I don't know who it was. Um, and like they, they mentioned that, but it was just like a idea thrown out there. It wasn't something that they were for sure going to do. Um, so who knows how that's all going to work out. Yeah, for sure. And now that there's I think there's two COVID vaccines uh, going around right now and people are really starting to get the first wave of the vaccine. So we'll see how everything works. I haven't really kept up with that. So I don't know if there's been side effects or if everything's been going really well, but hopefully everything's gone really well and we're able to, uh, you know, start the the country up again uh, here and start sports up again because, you know, we we all want to see everyone play. We all want to get back to normal life. So uh, hopefully we can get that started. But let's talk about Henrik Lundqvist, Chase. Um, I think he's probably my favorite goalie of all time. I know he is at the near top of your list as well, but he's not going to be able to play this year uh, due to a heart condition. Yeah, this really sucks. You know, he was going to Washington, a team where he might have had a chance to compete for a cup for the first time since really being in the finals back in, sheesh, when was that, 2011? Um, you know, he, he he's never really had, a, like, a great chance at winning a cup. He, just, he had the one opportunity that was really about it. Uh, he's He's been just an absolute warrior, one of the great goalies of NHL history. Uh, goalies don't get into the Hall of Fame traditionally without Stanley Cup wins. Uh, if Lundqvist doesn't get one, he's going to be the exception. He's a lock to be a Hall of Famer. 
uh, just speaks to, you know, how great of a goalie he was and, you know, such a great person. Uh, you know, everyone's pulling for him. There's not anybody in the NHL, not a fan who's saying, hi, you deserve this because everyone else just, you know, he, he is an all-time great guy and, he, you know, it's something he doesn't deserve. So we're hoping we can see him maybe one day again in the NHL. Uh, but really, you just got to keep your health in mind first. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really unfortunate for Henrik Lundqvist because uh, me personally, I am not a Washington Capitals fan whatsoever. And seeing Hank go to the Caps sucked. I hated it. But to be honest, it's it's the easiest choice of my life to say I'd rather see Henrik Lundqvist win a cup with the Caps than not see him play at all. So uh, it, it really sucks, and we hope that uh, he can get healthy, and hopefully we can see him back on the ice because, you know, with these type of situations, with a heart condition, you never know if this is it. You know, you, you don't know if his, if his career is, you know, done. I mean, you really hope not. And uh, we we send our send our love, we send our prayers to Henrik Lundqvist. But um, uh, you know we're, we're just we're just hoping that we can see him back on the ice sometime soon. All right, well Chase, let's hop into a quick commercial break before we get into our big segment. This is the World Junior predictions that we're going to be doing here. So quick commercial break. We'll be back right after this. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, and we are back, Chase. Let's talk about some World Juniors. Uh, Best time of the year, easily. Um, And usually there's some NHL hockey happening too, which, you know, there's no break whatsoever. So this year might make it even more special. Because we haven't seen hockey since, what, late August or late September, whenever the Tampa Bay Lightning steamrolled. Um, Early October. Maybe not. And, yeah, I I wouldn't wouldn't say steamrolled either, but (laughs) since our Tampa Bay Lightning hoisted Lord Stanley above their heads. Yeah. So uh, it's been a while. We're very excited for hockey to come back. And, actually, we just started playing NHL again. I mean, EA, they... They do a job, I'll say. They they do a they, job. They do. Uh with with NHL and uh geez, Chase, it's been probably since it came out that was the last time we played it. Like honestly? Yeah, probably really. So we just got back into it over the last couple of days and obviously if we're playing EA Sports NHL, then that means we're really into the mood. Um, so let's talk about some World Juniors, Chase. Um, obviously, we talked about the rosters 
Um, last week, we talked about what the groups look like, but I'll run down the groups again, and then we can start giving some predictions. So group A, you have Canada, Finland, Germany, Slovakia, and Switzerland. And then group B, you have Russia, Sweden, the Czech, Austria, and the United States. So a uh, little bit harder group and group B there, but uh, let's start doing some predictions. So how we're going to do this, we're going to predict group play as a whole. We're not going to go game by game or anything. That's going to take too much of your time, uh, but we're going to predict group play as a whole, give you our standings within the groups and their records. And then we are going to then take a look at how the groups play out when it comes to bracket play. And then we'll go game by game and bracket play for you guys to give you our eventual winner. So Chase, let's start with group A. Give me your uh, rankings within the group as well as the team records. So, you know, start off, of course, Team Canada, they're going to go 4-0 uh, pretty easy. This this prelim tournament, their only real competition is against Finland, and they're still significantly better than that Finnish team. So Canada's going to go 4-0, kind of run, run through that pool like no big deal. Uh, next, I have Finland uh, projected at about 3-1. and uh, Their only loss coming to Canada. They're, they're pretty much better than every other team within their pool anyway. Uh, third, Slovakia, that puts them at two and two. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to end up losing to both Canada and Finland, but I think they're going to beat both Germany and Switzerland. Uh, four, Germany, that should put them at one and three, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, five, Switzerland, ended up going winless. So those, you know, those bottom two teams, if Germany, if, if they had more insider, if they had Lucas Reichel, if they for sure had Tim Schutzel, you know, I'd give them more of a chance. Um, but I just... Right now, the, you know, even Nino Kinder, too, who is going to play a big role in this team, like, they're, they're missing some key players. They're dealing with COVID. So who knows who can even play in the tournament? Uh, did we even talk about that on the show, actually? I don't think we have, so we can bring that up right now. Yeah, so um, eight Germany players tested positive for COVID upon landing in Red Deer, so that's obviously a big issue. Um, who knows uh, how these tests, if they've t- tested again since, uh, who knows if they're going to be able to play, who is or isn't going to be able to play. Uh, but, yeah, this could change up the whole landscape for this Team Germany team. Uh, they could be really missing a lot of guys and put themselves in a horrible spot. I mean, not put themselves, but find themselves in a horrible spot, I should say. Um, so, ho- hopefully, we're, we're hoping those tests were all false positives and they're going to come back negative. But, it, you know, it's very real that they could be missing a few guys. And that's really going to hurt their chance to like, try to at least even compete, you know? Yeah, and from what I read is that they would be quarantining until Christmas Eve and then... Um they all their exhibition games canceled. Um, so then they're going to look, you know, at Christmas Eve and test again and make sure they can continue on compete into the tournament. So uh, that was really unfortunate. However, I think that I don't want to like, OK, it's unfortunate in general. However, Germany's first two games are against Canada and Finland. They weren't going to win those anyways, you know? Yeah. So even if they don't have a couple guys or if they start slow because they didn't get any practices, they didn't get any exhibitions in because they were quarantined, they were going to lose those first two games no matter what. So that's kind of an, I don't want to say an underlining blessing, but like 
I think you guys get my point. You know, they're going to lose those anyway. So it's not like the whole not practicing exhibition stuff would kill their chances because, you know, Slovakia and Switzerland are their last two games. So they should be back up to pace by the time they play those two teams. So my group A looks like Canada 4-0, Finland 3-1, Germany 2-2. They get absolutely crushed, but I think they're up to uh, game speed once they play those next two teams. And Tim Stutzel is in the bubble. Again, Chase, we don't know if he's going to be playing for sure. Um, But if he does, I think, you know, there's a chance that he could lift this Germany team past Slovakia. I got Slovakia at 1-3 and and Switzerland, like you, at 0-4 at the bottom of my Group A. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I want to put Germany there because I'm a huge fan of, of a lot of these German kids. But it just... It, that's just really my, my feeling, you know, my, my nervousness with those kids possibly having COVID. You know, if, if they all end up showing negative and it was just a ba- like bad batch of tests, then, I'm, you know, I might change my thought on this a little bit. might switch Slovakia and Germany. But regardless, it's really not going to change much because once they get on to, you know, like the actual playoff rounds, they're not doing any damage. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase, let's not talk about Group B, the group of goalies. We got Askarov, Knight, and Wallstat all playing in this group. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the top three teams for sure. And even the number four team, uh, Chase, let's get through your rankings here as well as the records for each team. Yeah. So number one, I've actually got Russia winning the pool at three and one, but here's the thing. Uh, Russia, us, Sweden. I got all three of these teams at three and one, um, at, and it just really comes down to Russia getting getting the tiebreaker over the U.S. Um, I don't. I, I always forget this part about World Juniors. I don't think it's just head to head. I think um, like the goal differential is what plays more an important role. So I think Russia's going to have a slightly better goal differential than the U.S. They're going to have that number one spot, even if it isn't. I think Russia beats USA in day one, and then USA doesn't lose the rest of the time. Uh, but Russia, USA, Sweden, all these teams three and one. All teams, all these teams really have a chance of winning that pool. Uh, Czech Republic comes in at four at one and three, a team that is better than one and three, but they're just, they suffer from being in a pool with three really good teams, three teams that I really liked to medal coming into this tournament, just based on their like pure roster. So they just kind of got the short end of the stick. And then that leaves Austria. Oh, and five, they're going to be just like Switzerland getting nothing done. Sure. They've got Marco Rossi, but they've got nothing behind him. Yeah. And I agree. I go three and one for the top three teams. However, I've got Sweden at number two, U.S. at number three, which is bad news for the U.S. because, you know, we got to play Finland. Um, But, yeah, Czech at one and three and Austria, 0 and four as well. Um, So uh, pretty similar. We've got, you know, teams different in different spots in terms of rankings. But record-wise, we are almost exact aside from Germany, Slovakia. So, uh, Chase, let's get into our bracket play uh, you would have Canada versus Czech in one of your matchups, as would I. So let's talk about that game first, what we could see pa- playing out for this game, and then, of course, who takes the victory. I could see this game playing out as Canada winning the 5-1 to one and the Czech Republic not really ever having a chance the whole time. That's about it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's the obvious choice here with Canada. I mean, Chase, um, let's pull up that graphic that you retweeted on the Bolts broadcast page when it comes to first round picks, because um, I do want to talk about that with Canada. I mean, I know we mentioned it in the last episode, but it's stupid. But yeah, I mean, Canada wins this yeah, one um, over the check. I mean, I think I think the check could put up a fight for like the first eight minutes. But then after those eight minutes, it's uh, it's all downhill from there. And Canada takes this one quite easily. Yeah. To, to show just how star side of this or uh, start were packed. If you want, I don't want to say star side because that's U.S. saying. But um, say how just packed this Canada team is. 24 drafted players, seven drafted in the top 10, 21st rounders total, uh, where the next team has three top 10 picks. That's both the U.S. and Sweden, and the U.S. has nine first-round picks. Sweden has six first-round picks. So, like, n- nobody comes close to the, the pure talent of this Canadian roster. They're going to be so hard to beat. They have such an advantage. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, that's unfortunate for our bet against Cardwell, but, hey, yeah. we believe. We believe um, all right, let's let's move on next to uh, Russia versus Slovakia, as I know we have that matchup being the exact same as well. So, oh, wait, actually, no, you've got Germany. Well, we can talk about it anyways. Russia versus yeah. Germany. What do you think uh, is going to happen there? And then, uh, you know, give us a little play by play. Well, I mean, I know we're, we're both picking Russia to win. So I'm, I'm picking Russia to beat Germany, of course. Um, this game. Like, I think it could be an entertaining game if they have Stutzel and the team isn't too depleted with um, COVID stuff. But at the end of the day, Askarov and that, that, that forward group for the Russians, it's it's just going to be way too much to overcome. Uh, this is a team that can score a lot of goals while also not letting a lot in. Um, they could have really probably, like, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up with the best goal differential in the tournament uh, just because of how talented their roster is. So Germany just really have no chance, especially with their brutal goaltending. Yeah, and then I've got Russia versus Slovakia, and basically the same thing as Chase. Uh, I like Russia to take Slovakia. And Chase, I actually like your matchups better for um, the 2-3 seed, so I'm actually going to flip Sweden and USA just so we can have the Sweden-Finland matchup because, I mean, who doesn't love Sweden versus Finland? So let's talk about that as a whole matchup, uh, who we can see taking it, because these te- these two teams are always very close. Yeah, you know, th- this could be a really good game. Uh, you know, I talked about Sweden, how much I like this roster, uh, especially before COVID, but even after COVID, it's still like what, what they're dealing with. Um, you know, I, I think it's really going to show. I think they're going to play this Finnish team uh, with, a, with an Anton Lundell-led Finnish team. who's gonna He's going to have a great tournament. Um, I, I picked an all-tournament team. I don't know if you did or not, but I picked just three forwards, two defense, and a goalie. I almost put Lundell on this. Uh, but then I figured, no, they're going to lose to Sweden here, so he's only going to play five games, so he's going to just kind of miss the cut uh, just in terms of the amount of points he's going to score. So I do think Sweden's going to win this game. It's going to be super close, like a 3-2, to 4-3 to three type of game. It, it could end up being the best game of the tournament, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. It always seems like these two teams go back and forth, and it's always just an electric game and, you know, some great skaters out there because the Norwegian countries, for some reason, just produce the best skaters, like, of all time. So uh, I'm going to take Sweden. 
and uh, I, I think uh, it'll be a, an amazing game. But uh, given Sweden the edge, and then when we talk about the U.S. versus Slovakia for you versus Germany for me, I'm taking the U.S. I would assume you're in the same boat. Yeah, that's going to be like a shutout like type of game. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that as well. And uh, that would mean... We have three Group B teams and only one Group A team. However, the one Group A team, the absolute dominant powerhouse that is Canada, the very scary Canadian roster. And Chase, before we get on to the quarterfinals, let's talk about your boy Jack Quinn real quick. Because we saw a, uh, I don't know if it was an exhibition game or a practice, whatever it was, but Jack Quinn was on the starting, or was on the first line for the Canadians alongside Dylan Cousins and Kirby Doc. And, you know, we talked about it last week that you thought he'd be at best the extra skater. And now he's out here on the first line. I don't want to say, ha ha, I told you so, but uh, you you didn't tell me so. So <laughs> that, that's the thing. And like it was it was for the first day of practice is what it was. Um, you know, as, as much as you want to read into those, I can't read that much into those seeing Quinn Byfield as the fourth line center. You know, I know he kind of had a rougher like um, camp for them from what I heard. But regardless, it's Quinn Byfield. He's an elite level player. He's going to be one of the best players in the tournament. He's going to get more ice time than fourth line. Uh, and, you know, Jack Quinn, maybe he sees a little bit of time up there. But they're going to realize kind of quickly that there's there's better players to play with Doc and Cousins if they really want to just cement the like the scoring on that line, which is what they need to do. I don't think they should ba- try to balance out their four lines as best as possible because if, even if they stack their top two lines, their third and fourth lines would be better than most other teams. So stack your top two lines, score a ton of goals, and then your your, your bottom six can still be better than most teams. So if, if they played, um, you know, even like a... Like 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 a, like a Krebs or a Perfetti or a Peltier, if they played someone you know like that, and like even like if they wanted to move McMichael to the wing, like that, like that would be like that'd make way more sense than Jack Quinn playing left wing, you know, being a right hand shot. I don't I don't know. It just it makes no sense to me. Um, and I'm also kind of skeptical on his whole talent and ceiling as you know as it is, saying that he never should have been an eighth overall pick in the first place. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's still a good player and it's worthy to be on this team. But he's not worthy to to be like third and the forward tonight's nice time in this game. And Chase, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I think I I know that you voiced your, I guess, frustration or displeasure around Jack Quinn, but I don't think you've given, given a full you know analysis on why you have this feeling towards him. Uh, you have, obviously, to me in private conversations, but I don't think you have on the podcast. You want to talk about that real quick? And Chase has experience. He worked with the Saginaw Spirit. He's currently a scout. Uh, so, you know, he, this is the route he's going. So, Chase, what's, uh, what is it about Jack Quinn that kind of just puts you off? So my biggest gripe with Jack Quinn is simple. Uh, not simple, but it's, it's, it's simple at the same time. So he's got a couple steps. So first of all, his first year after being drafted into the O, he only played eight games. He didn't. He really couldn't stay with Ottawa. Second year, he scored a handful of goals, didn't do much. Third year was his first year being draft eligible. He's a late birthday. He's one of the oldest. He was one of the oldest kids in the draft class. I don't know if he was the oldest exactly, but he was pretty damn close if he wasn't. Um, so he has that you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-month uh, developmental advantage over the other kids he's playing against. So when he goes out and, you know, just sets the run fire, scores a ton of goals, it's impressive. And he's not he wasn't playing with Marco Rossi, which made it even more impressive um, doing what he did. But at the same time, he was a lot older. And a guy a guy who no one listening is going to know the name of, unless they know Ola pretty well, Jonathan Yancis, 
He plays for the Kitchener Rangers. This guy did the same thing. He jumped he jumped from six goals to 50 goals just out of nowhere. But he didn't get any draft uh, buzz. He didn't get any draft talk. He didn't get drafted at all, which shocked me. Uh, Jack Quinn, like, it's clear he's got a good shot. It's clear he's got some offensive ability. It's clear he knows how to play the game. But he like he's not a top eight player in the draft class. He's The fact that he went above, like two guys specifically that drive me nuts, he went above were Colbert Fetty and Anton Lundell because those guys were top six players in the draft. Easily no question for me. It, like, it just, it really blows my mind. Um, you know, he, he should be a fine player, but I can't imagine him scoring more than 25, 30 goals as like as a, as a ceiling in the NHL, really. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's Chase's gripes with Jack Quinn. And you also talked about how you hate that he went higher in his draft class than Cole Caulfield did in his own draft class. Because oh you think God, Cole no. Caulfield could be, you know, the, the next best goal scorer. Yeah, e- easily. Like Cole Caulfield is just this generational goal scoring talent. Like he shoots the puck in a way that nobody else does because nobody else is as small as him and shoots the way that he does. It just it'd be like, oh, we don't want to draft him because he's so small uh, and, and he's just a specialized shooter. Well, Jack Quinn's a bit taller. Sure, he's got that going for him. But Jack Quinn's also just a specialized shooter and not even near the ceiling talent level as Cole Caulfield. So it just it really just drives me absolutely bonkers because Cole Caulfield is just flat out going to be the better player in the NHL, going to be the better goal scorer. Jack Quinn, uh, I know first round guy, sure that'd be fine, but top eight when I legitimately think Cole Perfetti, uh, you know this like this is a guy who has skill level to really do everything. I think he's like I don't want to say he's going to be like Sidney Crosby, but like you remember how like you know Sidney Crosby, he's one of the Maurice Richard where he's not a pure goal scorer. Like Cole Perfetti has that type of ability where he could. If he wanted to score 40 goals, he could easily score 40 goals. But he's not always going to do that because he's going to want to set it up. Where Jack Quinn is only going to want to focus on scoring goals, and he might hit 30. All right. Awesome. Well, Chase, let's continue to talk about Cole Caulfield as we move into the quarterfinals and talk about the United States versus Russia in the quarterfinals. Now, this is how we believe this will pan out according to our predictions we've made already. Uh, the quarterfinals would look like the U.S. versus Russia and Sweden versus Canada. So, Chase, let's talk about U.S. versus Russia first. Yeah, so um, this is going to be a pretty interesting game. So I, I really like this Russian team. I really like this U.S. team. It's going to be a real, real battle of the goalies. Um, it's hard for me to pick a winner. But I really do think that the U.S. would squeak out a win in this. Um, you know, it, it, it'd be close, but I, I just I really like this team. Um, they've got a good chance to do some damage. It's going to be hard to beat Canada, whoever plays them, of course. But I think they have a legitimate chance to fight for a gold medal. Yeah, I agree. And this game, I think, is the one I'm most interested in because I just... I love the whole Cold War era. I mean, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I don't know if y'all are playing that, but love that campaign. And U.S. versus Russia is just a narrative that I've been so interested in. So to see the U.S. versus Russia in this tournament would be excellent, as well as having the top two goalies in the tournament with Askarov and Spencer Knight. So uh, I'd be very excited to watch this game. And I got to go U.S. I mean, I'm going U.S. all the way. Spoiler. Uh, We've got money on the line. So, uh, you know, that is what it is. I am rooting for the home team. I'm going to be biased in this. So uh, hopefully you guys don't mind too much. But U.S. over Russia. We then look at Sweden versus Canada. Um, I mean, Sweden's a good team, but 
is this one going to be close, Chase? It's not going to be close, but it's not going to be a blowout either. Like It's going to be like a game where Canada's clearly the better team, but Sweden's able to hold themselves in for like a 4-1, to 4-2 to type of match. Um, like it's going to be obvious Canada deserves to win from, from puck drop, and they're going to win this game. They're going to be uh, you know really impressive steamrolling, still be undefeated going into the gold medal game, but Sweden is not going to go out without a fight. Yep, uh, I'm, I got to agree with that. I mean, Canada just looks so damn good this year, and that's... That's scary. So uh, that yeah. would set up a U.S. versus Canada finals. I already made my prediction. U.S. is going all the way, taking the gold. Um, let's. How about this? How about we get a unbiased perspective from you, as well as you know your your perspective that you're going to go for. I don't, I don't know. We didn't talk about who we had winning. So uh, Chase, you you say what you want to say. Uh, I'll just let you go. So, you know, we, we've got that potential bet. Um, so, of course, I'm rooting for the U.S., and I'd always be rooting for the U.S. regardless. Why the hell wouldn't I? This is my country. Um, I, I'm really pulling for this team. They're going to go against Canada. Uh, regardless of the talent levels between the two teams, USA and Canada, it's always a good matchup. Um, this Canadian roster, though, it's it's just too much to overcome. Even though the goaltending is just kind of whatever, someone's going to end up coming out after the prelims and kind of showing that they deserve the lead role. They're not necessarily going to dominate. They, they might be a, like, they're going to be a top five goalie in the tournament, which like, I mean, isn't like unreal, but it's still solid. It's still good enough to help you win. So the goaltending is going to play good enough to really help supplant how much scoring and how strong defensively this Canadian team is. Uh, it's going to be a one goal game. It's, it's going to be a super close game. It'd be like a three to two type of game, maybe four to three. Uh, but I'm going to go with Canada in this. I'm going to be rooting for the USA. I'll happily be wrong if the USA wins. If Canada wins, then I'm just fine being right yet again. <laughs> yet again. Uh, sorry, Chase. I'm going for the spicy pick. Shut up. <laughs> if you guys don't know, we have a football podcast called the WNP Sports Pod. Uh, we're not professionals. And we do predictions every single week, and Chase has to go spicy with his predictions. That's why I'm beating him in the record. Right, Chase? Mm, yep. It's the only reason. <laughs> um, all right, Chase. Well, before we end the episode, I do want to say or, or kind of ask one thing. So, obviously, in all sports events, there can be upsets. An upset that you're like, what the hell? There's no way that could have happened. Like a Peter Mrazek what was it, 50, 60-plus save game. Um, do you see the potential of a crazy upset happening in this World Juniors? If so, what team would upset the – what underdog would upset what favorite? If, if I really had to choose one, it would be if Team Germany's healthy and Tim Schultz can play – it would be t- um, Team Germany ending up two to two, maybe um, like stretch, possibly even three and one in the prelims. I don't think it's impossible. Their goaltending is really, 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 really bad, but their offense is really strong and they, they play hard as a team together. So there's a chance that they could really overcome the talent gap. And if their goaltending can just catch a hot streak, kind of like Christian Gudlevskis against Team Canada all those years ago, if you can catch that hot streak, it you know it makes a big difference. So Germany is the only team I can really see doing that because if, if the Czech won, I wouldn't call that like a surprising underdog upset because they're, they're just, as we said, they're suffering from just kind of unfortunate circumstances with their pool. And Slovakia, they just like they just don't have enough of that 
talent to really be able to do it. They have they have enough talent just to be a fine team and then get eliminated. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so Germany could be a team to keep an eye on uh, and chase Christers Goodlevskis a hot streak. Uh-uh, no, he was elite. Spencer Knight is the modern-day Christers Goodlevskis. Yeah, totally, dude. The Latvian beauty, former Tampa Bay Lightning player, Christers Goodlevskis, best goalie of all time. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. But that is going to do it for our World Junior Predictions $10 bet with Ethan Cardwell and the Showbound Pod, Michael Raskin as well. So very excited to watch these World Juniors. We hope you guys are as well. A quick update before we get into Hockey Name of the Day. Uh, no episode on Thursday. That's Christmas Eve. We really hope you guys have an amazing holiday, whatever you celebrate. Uh, hopefully you have an amazing time. Um, stay safe and, uh, you know, just, just be happy. Embrace the people around you. Um, but the next Monday, a week from today, if you're listening on release, we're going to have an interview with our third round pick in the most recent draft, Jack Thompson. Going to be an electric show. Hopefully you guys are very excited for that. But Chase, let's now hop in the hockey name of the day here. Yeah, I mean, we, we might as well. This thing's been sitting in the dock. Uh, you know, we traditionally don't do hockey name of the days when we have our interviews just because, you know, you got a lot a lot going on with the interviews. We figure you let you guys just focus on that. So this name has been sitting in the dock for like a week, week and a half. Hopefully you didn't peek ahead of time. Uh, I have not. I am looking at it right now. He's from a league over in Italy. Very interesting. We've got Ricardo Del Asbel. Yes, sir. So Ricardo Del Asbel, Asbel. I don't know exactly how that is technically pronounced or if it's O or A, but um, that that you know, it's pretty much you know on the hammer on the head. It's it's kind of it's a simple name, but you know, I, I just kind of fun because I you know I've seen apostrophes and names for like. You know, like John O'Corn, you know, old Michigan right back. What do you see, like O or O'Shea? I've seen O'Shea. I haven't seen Dell apostrophe Osbel ever, or something like that before. So I thought that was kind of unique and cool. But our boy Ricardo, he's a 20-year-old Italian playing in the second-level league in, in Italy. Not not really a special player. Um, he's not really going to do anything. He's going to maybe play some Italian pro hockey for a few years and then just go get a real job like everybody else. Uh, so, you know, no, like no, nothing special to the kid. Uh, just kind of kind of unique name. It's something I've really never seen before in a name, so I really wanted to mention that on the show. Yeah, and I, I wish I could roll my R's, but I tell you, I absolutely cannot. I will embarrass myself if I even tried. Um, but, you know, if I could, then, you know, a nice Ricardo with a rolled R would be, uh, you know, pretty fancy there. Yeah, I, I, I can roll my R's, but some words it's, like, hard for me to do. I couldn't do it saying Ricardo. I'm not going to try. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys want to try saying Ricardo with a rolled R, then, uh, you know, go for it. And uh, quick update. Polls. We said they'd be back with the release of this episode. They will be. Chase, I'm thinking we do three polls. We do who wins Group A, and then we give the four favorites. Obviously, just exclude Switzerland. Who wins Group B? And we do the same thing, but exclude Austria, and then they can vote on who wins those, and then we can do who wins the overall gold medal. So um, I'm thinking three polls. Maybe we do them not all on the same day. Maybe we, you know, put one out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Sound good? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. All right, perfect. So we got some polls out there, guys. So uh, make sure to go check them out, and that'll do it for this episode. So Chase, why don't you give them a little rundown on how they can support us? 
of course, as always, thank you guys for listening before we move on. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, definitely not necessary, but it shows that you're really into what not just us, but the whole Hockey Podcast Network is doing. Uh, and you're trying to help us grow, help support us as we turn into a bigger brand and we're able to do more things. Uh, you know, we've been getting, like us personally, we've been getting some pretty cool interviews recently. And we're hoping to keep that going uh, as the brand grows and we get more support. You know, it's going to be much easier to do, easier to find those guests, easier to get in contact. So if you guys are able to support us that way, you know, it, it'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. If you can follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And then follow WNP on Twitter if you want to hear some football talk at WNP Sports Pod. That's at WNP Sports Pod. I mean, you, you might as well. We're, we're taking a little break from that you know it's kind of like how our schedule is a little bit scattered here uh for christmas and new year's on the bulls broadcast we're just kind of taking a, a break from wnp we'll pick it back up after you know the new year and we'll do some fun uh football talk then maybe do some college football talk too so if you're interested in that make sure to check us out uh but in terms of the hockey podcast network make sure you go to the hockey podcast network.com you can find all the podcasts within the network right there boom click the logo listen easy peasy lemon squeezy if you're listening if you could rate us five stars you know maybe you can give us a like, maybe you can give us a thumbs up, and if you want to, you know, reach out to us, tell us what you like about what we're doing, tell us what you hate about what we're doing, write me a handwritten letter, egg my house, whatever whatever you want to do, uh, just, just show, show your love however you can. Absolutely. That'll do it for the episode, guys. Again, we really hope that you have an amazing holiday. Uh, we'll talk to you next time.